Now, what we've learned from Kinsler is that he can get the ground ball double play. This is kind of the spot where he gets it. He's got a hitter back on his heels with two strikes. One, two. Chopped up the middle. Rojas to the first. There it is. There it is. And some Marlins win. And for the first time in 17 years, the Marlins are going to the postseason. Oh, they've got their backs against the wall. Just all season long, they continue to fight. They continue to battle. And the celebration is on in New York City. Ray, we're back. We're back again. Oh, my God, I'm Ray. Yeah, I know. I got it right. I got it right last time, too. And you didn't point it out that time, so. Sorry. Two rounds of applause for you now. My apologies. Can I get two claps, please? Just two. No, because everyone wearing headphones doesn't deserve to die today. Clap off to the side. You don't have to clap right into the microphone. That's four, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. So we're here with our first guest of the day. This is our baseball day. We're going to talk baseball. Someone here likes likes baseball. You have to figure out which one it is while you're listening. The right person with the right answer wins the prize. The Who's one the it's. Prize? I'll give you a hint. It's the one wearing a Gonzaga basketball shirt. How do you know you're not wearing one? You can only see it from the neck up. <laughs> you might be wearing you might be wearing a Gonzaga basketball shirt as well. We got Alex Rigoli with us today, and Alex Rigoli's a dear friend of mine. Alex, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Doing well. Ready to happy to be here. Ready to talk. Static, you would say? I'd say, I'd say it's static. I think that's fair. Wow. <laughs> that's a that's an honor. That's an absolute honor. So you are a what's your official title? You're a scout with the Marlins. What's your official title with the oh, Marlins? The official title now is a pro scouting manager. So a little bit of scouting in there, but uh do some other stuff too. So we'll talk about it. So you're let me get this right, because I think I know what the main job is, but I could also be wrong. Is your one of your main jobs, and I did find this on an article, so they're wrong, not me. Um, is one of your main jobs monitoring the 40-man roster, and if anybody gets taken off, you report it in case the team is interested in that person? Uh, you're kind of on the you're on the right track. I mean, I pay attention so with close. I pay attention with transactions and whatnot. Um, so that part of the 40-man roster is a focus of my job. My job's kind of shifted a little bit. I'm going into my fourth season now. So um, adjust a little bit every year. But yeah, 40-man transactions, players that are available in the pro realm. Um, yeah, that, that counts to my job. This close. I was this close. <laughs> I did my research about enough. That's pretty good, though, because, I mean, most of my friends still have no idea what I do. It's a, it's a solid, like, what? I don't this friend understand. does. A lot of that. This friend does. <laughs> and You're the closest that anybody's ever gotten. <laughs> yes. So, in the pre-show, we were talking about um, Ray wanted to know how we met. And you told the story of how we met. And you were disheartened because I said I forgot that story. <laughs> yeah, you pretended like it never happened. Which, I, well, which I did not pretend like it never happened. Um, I just didn't remember the exact story. I remember where we met and stuff like there that. There are like a few people in this world, like not everybody, that I like distinctly remember how I met. And you were one of them. That's you amazing. Are one of them. I'm one of those Because people. it was such a weird, like, it was such a weird day because I was young. I was 18. And we show up to our first day on our internship and we're paired up to go drive around this place. And I'm like, I'm supposed to get into the car with this stranger. Like this cool that whole stranger. concept to me, I was like, Oh gosh, like this is going to be a horrible first day. I'm terrified. 
and then we became friends. So it was cool. You know, we but, became friends, and then you were like, "I'm glad I got matched up with this person, not one of those yeah. other people, those yeah. other freaks." No, I like oddly am actually like friends with a lot of people that we worked with that year. So yeah, we worked but, with some good people. Yeah, the freaks thing was a joke. Don't don't look too far. Into that. that was oh, a joke. No, we worked with some really good people. So we worked together for the Hudson Valley Renegades, who are now with the Yankees, not the Rays anymore. Shaking things up in uh, minor league baseball this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shaking things up big time. They're cutting <laughs> half of them out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's aggressive. It's a lot. It's a lot. But happy to see a little piece of home in uh, Hudson Valley sticking around. Yeah. I mean, you know, people keep saying, like, how are you, can you do this? How can you take out these minor league teams? But at the same time, have you ever been to a really bad minor league stadium? They're bad. Like they're bad, bad. Ones. And some of these guys are getting paid like $3 a year. Like this is for, this is for the better. Yeah. It's not a lot of money and it's tough too, because sometimes fans see like the outside of the ballpark or where the fans sit and everything like that. But the actual player accommodations are what MLB is like worried about too, though, because some of the facilities where these guys are in the locker rooms are, are worse and nobody ever sees that. I don't see that. I'm not in the locker rooms, you know, but that's also kind of part of it too. And it's, these guys work really hard and you'd like to, to get them in some nice places. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully that's improved. And it's a good thing the Renegades did that big renovation a couple of years ago. Cause that probably kept them around. If they had their old park, I don't, they might've been, they might've been axed like some of these other teams, but yeah. They and they have that, they have that like Astro for something, right? Yeah. They have the nice turf now, and they redid their stands, and they redid a lot of stuff. So, And obviously, Hudson Valley is closer than Tampa. I, I don't know if the Yankees are still have the Tampa team. I know they got rid of Staten Island. Yeah. There's a lot. There's yeah, I think well, they have their – yeah, they got their minor league complex. So, Florida still sticks around a little bit um, okay. because the minor league complexes are there. But, yeah, the, pro the proximity, I mean, it's close by, and so that helps them. They pull well, too. I mean, they pull a good fan base there. Yeah, it's second best in the New York Penn League. You so, bet. I remember checking those numbers. Yeah, <laughs> next to, uh, I think, Brooklyn. But I think Brooklyn was is, is gone now, the Cyclones. They I don't know. I, don't... I think we officially came out with the list this week, so we got to do some some more digging on uh, yeah. where everybody's so if you're going interested, now. I got to relearn it. <laughs> I got to relearn it now. I just started to figure out what affiliates are for who. Yeah, now they're going to change it all up just for you. They did it despite you. I was told <laughs> I that. I was Another told challenge. that in my research. They did it despite <laughs> you specifically, so you don't remember which team is with which. I believe it. I believe it. So uh, your dad was a pro scout for a very long time, correct? Correct. He still is. He still is. Did you realize is. this is what you wanted to do then? Yeah, yeah. This was, I was uh, tagging along with him for quite a few games and summers and whatnot growing up where something interesting and had always loved the game and had always kind of thought about it, but never really dove head first. Um, probably until I had to start writing like college essays, right? You get to that time, you guys are, what's your passion? And like, what do you want to do with your life? Um, made me really think about it. And I was like, I am only passionate about baseball. I got nothing else. <laughs> I feel that. So that literally kind of kicked it into gear and was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do in college is going to be focused around getting me to baseball somehow, some way. <laughs> nice. And so when you were younger, I, like I said, I read this article, when you were younger, you would do your own grading for some of these players when you were with your, with your dad? 
Yeah, it's funny. Like, cause I would start, I'd bring my like pen and paper and like sit with him behind home. And then when I was little, it'd start with like, I'd get through like an inning or two and I'd be like, I'm hungry and I'm going to go, go get a snack or whatever. And I would do like partial innings and things like that. And then it started to like, as I got older, it was okay. Now we got through half the game. Now we're getting through full games. Now it has, I don't care what they're serving. I'm here to watch players and um, get a little bit more in depth there. And um, it was always fun because uh, <laughs> with him being a scout and he's a scout for, he is a scout for St. Louis. So when I was little, the nights I got to stay up if, if St. Louis was watching or playing. So if I watched St. Louis Cardinals, I didn't have to go to bed early. So I was all in on that. <laughs> so anything basically grew up around the game my whole life. And then just as I got older, it took more of an interest of actually like, hey, what are you writing down? Like, how are you grading out the players? And um, dove in a little bit more headfirst to, to fully learning about it. And so you became the first female to work in baseball operations in Marlin history. And what's that feeling being a part of history before you even like start the job? Did you feel pressure about it? Or like, what was that like for you? Um, I felt weird about it, to be honest. I mean, I was excited for the job, but, and I, when I say I felt weird about it, not weird that all oh, making history, I felt weird because I was just doing my job. I was excited to be hired. It was what I set out to do. And this is my first full-time at that point, that was my first full-time job in the game. I had taken internships and whatnot. Um, but at the time, somebody else was in a similar position as me, but they're writing the article about me. So it's, it's awkward because, like, hey, this, this guy's doing the same job I'm doing, but, like, we're mm-hmm. focusing on me. And it's just an uncomfortable situation, you know? You're like, why um, do I get all but, the attention? Yeah, it's like, I'm happy for sure, but I was like, you should probably talk to him, too. Like, it's his his first full-time job too but um so in that sense it's like weird but um no it's been it's been exciting and uh it was a good time good time and we've already talked you worked with the renegades and you've worked with the mets and you worked at the mlb offices but some of those were like none of those were scouting jobs so how did you get did you want to go into a different route or was scouting always the end goal and these were just kind of foots in the door um i guess anybody that's trying to go into baseball you just want to to figure out some way to get in, right? So just to learn about it from all aspects. Um, So that's kind of where I started in terms of trying to get internships and and even starting with the Renegades was do something, start somewhere. Um, So yeah, the Renegades wasn't in scouting. I wasn't even on the baseball side. We're on the business side, selling tickets and will call and whatnot. Um, But you're around it. You know, you have the opportunity to talk to people, talk to scouts, talk to the coaches, things like that. kind of went along with that. When I was with the Mets, I was in advanced scouting. So I wasn't actually out doing scouting, um, but I was in the office kind of helping collect the materials and whatnot. So you're still learning the lingo, learning the game. Um, For me, ultimately, I I wanted to be in a front office. Um, So in my role right now, I get to see players and continue to to build up my own repertoire of of reports and of a player bank um, while also helping our baseball ops group and decision makers um, decide what they want to do if they want to make a move or not Um, so so the the goal I guess was front office to some extent and the internships in the path was was going to work itself out I mean everybody's got a different different path in baseball so this is mine. (laughs) 
Awesome. And so how often did you use your connections when moving around? You said you got to, you know, meet a bunch of different people and um, talk. And even though that wasn't really what you were around at the time, how did that help you move? Because a lot of people are, you know, scared to ask for help or make those connections. But how did that help you in getting where you are now? My gosh, networks are unreal. Um, They're crazy. (laughs) It's unreal because the world is everybody thinks the world is so big. The world is so small. It's unbelievable. And then you take that, the cosm of the world, and it's even smaller when you go into the baseball world. It's that person knows so-and-so who knows so-and-so. So it grows so quick. Um, a lot of the times I didn't even know that I was like networking. Like it wasn't a formal suit and tie networking event. It was, you sat next to somebody who happened to also know a lot of important people that you didn't even know. Um, so a lot of that was kind of unintentional, intentional, um, mm-hmm. where you're talking to people and, and just being a personable person and, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm interested in. Hey, what are you doing? And just asking questions. But yeah, the network is uh, definitely important. I ended up kind of landing my job with the Marlins by interviewing without even knowing I was interviewing. <laughs> I met my boss who hired me um, at an association dinner and casually talking to him about what I wanted to do had no idea that he was in any position to hire uh, an entry-level person got a call about maybe two months later or so and was like hey would you be interested in this would you move to Florida I think yes came out of my mouth immediately (laughs) at that point but yeah the networking and and just letting people know what you want to do and learning from other people around you it's huge huge what would you say the biggest struggle you've had has been when you were, you know, making your way to scouting for the Marlins? Oh, the biggest struggle? Yeah. Um, like, did you perceive you any kind of struggled? like... Never struggled. <laughs> never struggled, well, like, huh? <laughs> It's easy. No. <laughs> Cakewalk the whole time. Well, you get no, the analogy. No. The analogy no. all the time about the glass ceiling. Yeah. Do you ever feel anything like that? It's a, I'm fortunate. I mean, I grew up with two older brothers, so uh, I put up with a lot (laughs) early on. Um, So I I do kind of feel like I go in there with the, give it your best shot if you really want to come at me like that. But uh, I feel as though my family built me to be a pretty tough cookie um, when it comes to handling anything like that. But no, I mean, quite frankly, on the job, it's, it's challenging in the sense that it's all changing. Like as soon as I write something down, it's wrong. Like the (laughs) roster already changed. He's already gone. He was scratched this up and down. So I mean, even more so, I guess this year, but it's, it's challenging in the sense that every day is different. Every day is different. And it's, you can rely on past information, but my day is each day is not like the day before it, you know, and it's, I got to figure out some new challenge and some new issue um but it's it's not the uh hey this is the docket that you got today and tomorrow you're just gonna repeat it um so that's that's definitely been a a challenging aspect but i can handle i can handle the guys that's fine (laughs) i mean in you're saying all these challenges i bet you one of the biggest challenges has been COVID so far how is that changing your job oh it definitely changed i mean i'm in pro scouting we normally send our scouts all over the u.s all over the world um, we send them internationally as well. So we've had to have them hunker down at their homes and change to video scouting and 
adapt to not being at the ballpark and that's been huge um and this whole this whole thing of COVID it's been adapt or die like you gotta change and figure out what we can do to make the best of the situation sitting there complaining about it isn't going to help so we got our guys out there doing video scouting did a lot more video calls (laughs) updated everybody on how to use zoom and teams or whatever it was that we're doing um but it's been definitely a challenge and uh our team took a big hit early on in the season so with uh with our cases alone so it's a lot of a lot of transactions a lot of trying to figure out and find find players we needed bodies to go out there and and actually play for our team at that point so it was a rough year (laughs) when that happened like what what was it like for you and your department like was it just like the place was burning down like how was that it was find a way we gotta we gotta build a team by this date let's find players who's healthy who can we who can we plug in there? You got to remember a lot of these guys, even if they're in the minor leagues, they're not playing. So they had some pop-up indie ball leagues here and there. Or, hey, is this guy working out? You have no idea if these guys are in shape sometimes, like, cause they're not actually playing full blown games. So you're, you're hoping like, Hey, it's called so-and-so. How does he look? Are you ready to go? And um, yeah, I think we, I think we held the record in the number of transactions this season. It was, a lot of movement, a lot of all hands on deck of let's find out and figure out what we can do. It's a lot. <laughs> do you think they should have bubbled or do you think they should have, I mean, they went with the idea they went with, but do you think they should have bubbled? <sighs> Baseball is like, the un, it's not like any other sport. I mean, yeah, there's I mean, so many, there's so many people. Place with like seven ballparks and <laughs> yeah. accommodations. There's just so but. many people. Like to be able to include that many people in a bubble, it would be tough, tough. Well, I mean, even uh, alone. Then, let me rephrase. Would you rather have them done hub cities instead of just bubbling? Um, or do you I think mean, I, that the idea they did was the best idea to go with? Whatever made it happen. I mean, you know, I don't know if the other one would have worked. I mean, we got through a season, so I can't be too mad about how this one worked out. I, almost didn't at the end there. <laughs> not the Marlins. Rocky. Not the Marlins, but the the – baseball itself i was talking to somebody about that um about how the whole justin turner thing happened at the end if the race came back to win that game imagine the the storm that would have came over top of that yeah where he was covid positive in the game for seven innings they would have to reschedule game seven to who knows when (laughs) yeah i mean everyone always does say like it's unprecedented times i mean a decision just had to be made on how we were going to do it and you got to just kind of go and figure it out but there's going to be unhappy people regardless of how we did it if it was a bubble if it was hub cities if it was how it ended up going it was going to somebody was somewhere was going to be pissed (laughs) somebody somewhere thinks they have the right idea and there's a reason they're not working in the front office because they probably didn't have the right idea there's a reason those people in the suits are there because they know yeah. what the heck they're doing. I'd, I'd hope. I'd hope they know what they're doing. Listen, I don't know everything about what the kids are into these days, but there's like that one meme or video that's always like, are we supposed to know what we're doing? And like, if that just doesn't sum up how everyone feels making decisions during this time, like, come on, that's what it is. It's you just, you're just trying your best at this point. Yeah, and it's, it must have been tough. I mean... There's a lot of things I think baseball could have done better, but I'm glad they got a season out. Like yeah. it, it could have been worse. There could have been no season at all, which really would have 
really would have stunk. And there's obviously some, some stuff they could have done better, like the negotiations at the beginning, kind of ruining the start and, and the early start and stuff like that was a little rough, but they Twitter's, got through it. And, Twitter's great, but you really hate seeing all that stuff plastered all over Twitter. And it's it's rough to see where players are finding out about their futures through Twitter before they find it out from their teams because everything gets leaked. It's, that's, it was definitely a frustrating time and, and it's tough because all you want is information and, and nobody really knows. So that's, you're just kind of sitting there going, you know, you know, nobody, anyone. It's funny you say that. So, and it's going to sound like an odd left turn. And I guess I kind of can relate it, but Chadwick Boseman, when he passed away, no one knew a thing until he passed away. And it's such a, like, when you heard that, like you, wow. like you were sad, but you felt a little better that like the press didn't leak it. Like how when when Kobe died, that was bad. It was reported by TMZ first. Like his wife found out through TMZ, but nobody knew about Chadwick Boseman. The way I say I could relate it is because he did star as Jackie Robinson in Forty Two, so it's still baseball related in a way. Wakanda forever. Come on, Wakanda forever. Let's go. Uh, it was sad. I'm I mean, about it. Like. So, I have other interests. <laughs> when, when he passed away, they said that they started the filming of um, yeah. Black Panther 2. Now they're saying that they're starting the filming in 2021. So, like, there's no way he's going to be in it. Yeah. That's like, what? I don't know what they're going to do. It made me really sad to everything. see that. But, I mean, they, I mean, it's Disney. They can definitely afford to CGI him in for – well, they could CGI him for a whole movie and probably afford it. But they could definitely put him in for a little bit and – Something happens, but yeah, that was, that was a rough one. That was a rough one. But going back to Twitter, like things are released so fast. Like you can't have beat writers anymore that do stuff on the back of the paper the next day. You got to do it that night at two 30 in the morning or you're, you're going to be put in last place. So. Yeah. Like I'm not even, I'm not even a big Twitter person. Like personally, I'm not all into it, but for my job, like I created one, set up my notifications with the guys I trust who get the info out there first and half the time I'll see that that'll literally be how I find out something first. It's just the speed is unreal. I, I will say Twitter, there's only one account you really should follow and that's offstage radio. That's the only account you should really Nailed follow it. Twitter. Um, other than that, you know, don't, I don't, you don't have to follow anybody else, just offstage radio. You get some great information from there. They're always first to give out great information. Great. You better have me on all the latest trades then too. I didn't say it was baseball related. <laughs> I can that's tell what, you. That's what I need. <laughs> you can find out who's on next week and who's not <laughs> immediately before anyone else reports who's on our show the next week we do. We're on top of it. Okay, well, then I'll add you to the list. You, you should. Notifications. Turn the bell on for notifications. You bet. You bet. Oh, don't you just hit that you. on YouTube? Subscribe and turn on the bell for notifications. It's like, yeah, if I wanted to do that, I could do it. I don't want to do it to your videos. No, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm just interested to see what Disney Park was abandoned. <laughs> like, oh, <everybody>. my. <laughs> So when you're doing your job, how do you grade a player? Like what, what goes into grading a player's speed, bat, whatever it is? Yeah. Um, traditionally, um, I'll say traditionally as in the sense that that's what's been around and that's how it has been. Um, you grade on a 2080 scale, 20 being your lowest, 50 being your major league average and 80 being your elite players. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So every one of the five tools, hit, power, run, field, throw, you grade on that scale. Um, Different teams have different philosophies and and what they focus on or what what they look at necessarily, but you grade what the player is presently and you grade what you project he's going to be in the future. And that's really the key part of scouting is projecting. Um, so it's all about what is this, not necessarily what this player is going to be now, but when you go and you see an 18 year old or 20 year old in short season ball or low A, well, what is he going to be in the big leagues? Can he be a major league player? Can he contribute for your team? And that's ultimately like what we're trying to answer. And then we're just trying to give that information to our front office so they can look, cause they're not even going to be able to see all the players, right? They're looking at reports coming in, um, looking at reports, talking with the analytics group and saying, okay, we want to target so-and-so, and we think that they're going to help us win games and win championships. That's what it is at the end of the day, win championships, bring them home. Perfect. So now can you give us a full list of every person you're scouting right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, yeah, sure. I'm kidding with you. I'm sure, I'm sure that would go great with the front <laughs> office. So everything's virtual right now. Winter meetings is going on. I did have a question about winter meetings. Is it just a um, – staff front office type thing or are they kind of doing a virtual winter meeting because usually winter meetings people can go and they can meet teams and stuff like that but obviously you can't do that yeah it was a different week different week for sure winter meetings is fun I mean it's you get to see all the people that you've made connections with with other teams other clubs I went to winter meetings like when I was searching for a job in baseball so it's kind of gone full circle where I've got to go as a member of a team um, but yeah, this, this week was all virtual. Um, so that made it tough, I guess, in terms of the consistency of things. So for the most part, I mean, you're having video calls with your front office and your own talks and preparing. Biggest thing for us on the pro side is the rule five draft. So if you don't know what that is, check it out. That's um, pretty big time for us during the winter meetings. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of virtual meetings. And then MLB put on a program called Take the Field, which was pretty awesome. Um, for women in baseball. So that was a great opportunity to get to know some of the other women. So I feel like a lot of people would just be shocked with actually how many of us there are. Um, so it's a good time to actually get to know those people and, and think about our careers and how we can be the best at it. Now, maybe you have a little more insight on this because I don't know much about winter meetings at all. How, and if you don't, don't worry about it. How do- <laughs> I got all the answers. <laughs> in winter meetings. Like, how does somebody get traded? How does somebody get signed? Are agents there talking to teams? Like, I don't really, I haven't gone to winter meetings and I'm not gonna lie, I haven't really researched it. So like, I don't know much about it. But like, are, is, is it like just GMs talking to GMs or are agents there as well talking uh, to GMs and teams and stuff like that? Like, yeah, it's funny because, signed? yeah, it's funny because it's, it's definitely changed and I can't speak to, to too many years ago, but um, where I think a lot of years ago, things were done a little, little bit more in person. Um, now it's honestly a lot of texting, a lot of texting, a lot of calls. Um, so GMs, you'll hunker down basically in your hotel room with your staff. So like our whole front office or decision-making group will be in a room together debating, but then they'll text and call other GMs and talk players and say, Hey, what do you got? So-and-so this is what we're trying to do. Um, and then agents, agents are there too, cause there's free agents still out there. So, um, outside of talking with other teams, you might meet with an agent. Hey, what were you looking for? This is what we were looking for. Most of those will happen in person, but a lot of the GM work, a lot of that has gone 
ironically to literally just texting each other. They text, they text, they call. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird time. So I don't necessarily know how much that really changed with this being virtual, but, yeah. um, they're the still, they're still texting and doing that, but yeah. The hot stove going to heat Is up what? soon? Hot stove? Nothing's been going on so far, except for I mean, Carlos Santana. It's, it's been That's slow. Far. It's been slow. I mean, last year we saw it starting to be slow already. And then to be honest, just how this year hit each team, it's, it's, it's understandable that it's going to be slow because teams just don't know. Teams just don't know what their salaries look like. We're starting to figure out what the team team and season will look like for 2021. Will there be a DH? Will there not? Teams are, are going to move a little bit slower than normal for sure. And just to go back a little bit because you guys just went and I'm sitting here just like <laughs> nodding <Sorry>. along. <laughs> No, you're fine. I literally I yelled at Chris. I was like, I have a question. Would you shut up and let me talk? But it's fine. (laughs) No. I never do that. No, he never does. (laughs) But I just wanted to ask, so you get to go out and watch players. Have you seen anyone yet that just kind of like blew you away in either a good or a bad way? Do you have like a a fun story about someone you were watching that you're just on their name and profile? (laughs) Chris wants their max preps. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I mean, I don't know if I'll give full-blown players away or things like that, but um, where I'm based, I'm based in Jupiter, Florida. So I'm based out of our minor league complex. So I see our GCL club. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I guess prior to this year, what was our GCL club and was at the time was the Florida state league. Um, So that's our essentially a rookie ball team and a high A team. Um, So a lot of the times those are either just drafted guys. It's a lot of the players who are coming over from the DSL who are really young. So some of those you see and you could say, Hey, like you saw your pick or something like that. So usually those guys are pretty impressive, um, but you're not going to know for a couple of years. Usually like you see these guys and then in two or three years and they make it to the big leagues, you're like, yeah, I was right about him. I was right about him. He's good. That's right. <laughs> and then unfortunately, sometimes I guess you find out that you're wrong, but yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen some kids, some, it's been nice to see the progression of those guys go up from when you see them. I mean, I saw Wander Franco come through a little bit, um, a prospect with with Tampa I remember seeing very good prospect mm-hmm. yeah Quite I remember good. seeing Ian, I remember seeing Ian Anderson come through um and a couple of the other Braves pitchers come through to the Florida State League and they moved quick they moved quick I saw him in the Florida State League and it was like right after that I was like hold on and now he's on the big league roster and all Ian that Anderson so, was dominating the playoffs this year and the movement yeah so it's just you see a lot of those guys come through and I think that's what's even fun about the minor leagues for fans is like these guys are hyped up even in our minor leagues and then in a couple years you see them on the big screen you're like I saw that guy and that's that's like the beauty of all of it but yeah no I'm pretty entrenched there in some some good baseball which I guess now will be low a but um you see the guys young and then in a couple years you find out that they're, they're the ones but the athletes stick out you see those Oh, absolutely. And so before we get you out of here, what's the best you've you know ever received on this track? The best I've ever received? What do you mean? Best advice. Best oh, advice. Best advice. Sorry. Um, okay. Best advice. Oh, the best advice that I focus on is that baseball was here before me and baseball will be here after me. I think it just kind of humbles you. It's that like you're not the end all be all you're not all that like this game was here before us and this game's here after us and you're soaking it in and and moving it along as best you can 
um, and impacting it. But this game has been here before you. You're not all that, you know. It's, it humbles you right down and, and gets you going. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That was great information. Hey, the scouting department with the Marlins did great this year. They did great. Yeah. They made, made the playoffs first time, won the playoff series for the first time in a long time. It's great stuff. If you're not already on the bandwagon, you should be. I'm telling you, now's the time. Hop on. You already know I'm on that Marlins bandwagon. You could tell by my uh, gear that I'm on that Marlins bandwagon. But yeah. Alex, thanks for joining us. That was great. We're going to be right back with Carter Cap. So stay right here. Thank you.